Welcome to Mission Stories for Kids with Uncle Gordon, where you will hear first-hand accounts of answers to prayer and miracles from God. Oh, by the way, I think adults will like this too. Hi boys and girls, lovely to be able to share another story with you. When I was working as a volunteer in the Solomon Islands, I began trying to plan every second weekend at least to have some special event for all of the children and young people. And this particular weekend that I was planning for, we were going to have a camp out. It was very rare for them to have camp outs there because they really didn't have any facilities. They didn't have tents, they didn't have caravans. And so for us to have a camp out for young people, we'd have to make some very makeshift huts where we would just build a bit of a frame out of bush timber and then put some plastic across the top to keep the rain out if it rained and then put some leaves around the edges as walls so that at least we would be safe and secure if the weather turned bad and there would be a bit of privacy that way. So I organised for a a number of men to come with me on a Sunday to go and, and set up this camp for the following weekend. I didn't know how to go and how to get out there but a beautiful older Chinese gentleman came to me one day and he said you're doing a lot of things for young people here I can't do those sort of things but I can help you if you're needing a truck I've got a great big Isuzu tip truck here that you can use any time you want to and so I said oh thank you I need this truck to to go out to to help set up a camp for this weekend he said fine it's full of fuel all yours you take it you use it So all these young men piled on the back on the Sunday and and out we went to this this river. We'd crossed a number of bridges to get out about 30 kilometres away and uh, rather than crossing this next river because there was no bridge, I just parked the truck on the town side of the river and we waded across with our axes and our big knives so we could cut branches and, and cut bits of vine and bits of rope that we had to tie up some of the, some of the uh, branches together and the roll of plastic to cut and put across the top of each of these huts. Anyway, we worked away for a good part of the day and it was mid-afternoon when a man just wearing very little clothing, just a little bit of something hanging in from his waist in front of him, came out of the bush. And he said, Mr, you have a big truck there. I've got a lot of family who are on the other side of of the river to where the truck is, who were meant to come home about three days ago. But but the river's been in flood or semi-flood for quite a few days now and, and the little trucks that have come out when they look at that ford, that place where, where the government people have put down some concrete and a few other things under the water level to make it a smoother crossing and a little bit higher than the normal riverbed, those trucks are a little bit too small to cross the river. The river's just too deep at the moment. But your truck should be all right. Can you come and pick up my family, please? I said to all the young men helping me, What do you think? Are you happy to keep working for a little bit while I go and get this man? Yeah, sure, they said. So I I waded across the river with this man and uh, we jumped into the truck and, uh, and I could see where the ford was and where it came out on the other side. And uh, so... We drove across the river and and followed this little track for quite a few kilometres until we came to a little drive turnaround point, which was where they had their local bush markets. And I said, well, you quickly go and get uh, your family while I turn the truck around. What's it like, the ground in here? He said, oh, it's all good and firm. And so I drove in where it was good and firm and began to sink into the soft mud. 
And I said, well, quickly go and get your family and, and bring some of the village men with some spades and some sticks so that they can help me dig out if I can't get out. And then he vanished to go and get his family. And I thought, well, I don't want to just sit here waiting. I'll try and see if I can turn that truck around. So I began to rock the truck by going in first gear just a little bit, then quickly dropping it back into reverse and backing back and just trying to make a firmer part under the tyres and at the same time turning the wheel so that we could slide the back a little bit. And eventually I slid the back out to where it was on some, some leaves that were on the ground. And it got enough traction, the truck, to be able to, to just be able to just move slightly. And once I could start to move, then I began to move more and more and turn the truck right around onto firm ground again. By the time I had the truck out, this man arrived with all his family. And there were lots of them. I don't know how many of them were his wives, the women who were there, because they tended to have quite a few wives and a lot of children and some older people. They all climbed on the truck and he climbed in the front with me. Well, we headed off. I was a bit distracted and a little bit concerned because it had been a lot longer than what I anticipated. I needed to be back by the edge of the river before dark because I didn't know the area. It was a very, very wide river and I needed to be able to see the other side exactly where the roadway went so I could go into the river at the right spot. So I began to race. I put the foot down and we began to really fly on this little bush track. And then I looked in the mirror to see how everybody was in the back and, and couldn't see anybody. And I said to the man, where's all your family? And he sort of stood up in the truck and looked down. He said, oh, they're all lying flat on the, on the floor of the truck. They're so scared. They've never been so fast. They think they're flying. Anyway, we arrived at the bank of the river. And just as we arrived, I thought I could see the edge of the road and the sun went down. In the tropics, when the sun goes down, it goes from full light to full dark in a matter of a moment. And I began to drive into the river. And as I drove, I wasn't sure whether I was going on the Ford or whether I was a little bit upstream or a bit downstream. I wasn't too sure. But gradually the river seemed to be getting deeper and deeper and I knew very quickly that I wasn't on the Ford. And I thought, oh no. What's happening? And then I could see evidence of the river flooding with, with sticks and branches and, and even big logs starting to come down the river. But I was still moving, but I wasn't too sure whether I should turn to the left or I should turn to the right. I just didn't know which way we should take that truck. But the water was getting deeper and deeper. And then, all of a sudden, the truck stopped. The front wheels had come up against a big boulder or a big rock of some kind and I couldn't go forward anymore. So quickly I put it into reverse gear and tried to go back but the big dual wheels at the back, because it was little smooth stones with fast flowing river, they just spun. I couldn't get traction there. So I tried going forward again, back again. I just didn't know what to do. Meanwhile all the men who had been helping me had already crossed the river. They had waded across with the river about up to their armpits now. It had been a lot, lot lower before when we'd first come across. They all saw the predicament. They could see the lights on the truck and they waded across down below me. They, some of them had bits of torches and they could see where we were. And they crossed at the ford and then walked up underneath where the truck was stopping a bit of the current and walked up to me. And they all climbed on the back of the truck as well to try and make a bit more weight so that we could get traction. But whatever we did, 
we could not get that truck to move. Meanwhile, the river was getting deeper and deeper. The rains were still raining up in the mountains. The river was obviously flooding further upstream and there were branches, there were bits of trees, bits of log coming down the river. And I thought if one of those big logs was to hit the truck on the side, it could be enough to turn us over. And I knew those people who were in the back of the truck, if we did fall out, most of them would drown because they weren't used to water. They would probably drink water a little bit, but they were not used to ever having a bath. They weren't used to swimming and so none of them could swim. And I knew that this was a very dangerous thing. But even the strength of the water itself was making that truck start to rock. And I thought, what if the truck was to roll over? It could squash or at least throw them all out into the water and all could drown. There was nothing else I could do. So I put the truck into neutral and in the back of my mind I was conscious that this river was so high, already the water had come up to the point where the lights had gone under the, under the water now. And as I watched, I noticed the river was getting higher and higher and gradually it began to creep across the bonnet of the truck and was lapping around the, around the bottom of the windscreen. So I crawled out of, the, out of the window that was still open up onto the back of the truck and I said to all the people there, this is a very dangerous situation we're in. And they all shook their heads, they all agreed. I said, there is nothing I can do. I can't make the truck go forward or backward. We need God. And then I told them about quickly about God who loves us and cares about us. God who made all things and made them. He can intervene. And so I said, I want to talk to him. So there in front of all those people who had no knowledge of God at all, I talked to God in prayer and asked God to, to please do something. I didn't know what he wanted to do and how he could deal with it. Whether he was to move the stones in front of me or what, I had no idea. I just said, God, I need you. We all need you. Please, please save our lives here today. Then I climbed back in through the window into the driver's seat of the truck and then thought, well, what do I do now? And so I thought, well, I'll pretend I'm going forward. So I began to release the clutch and all of a sudden I felt the truck lifting off the ground a little bit. And then it began to float downstream bit by bit. It wasn't like it was going to tip over, it felt steady like there were hands holding it. And then eventually the truck settled down and it was a lot, the water was a lot shallower here. I was on the Ford. So now I released the clutch that I put back in again when we began to float. And then I went and let the clutch out and drove right across the Ford till we we're out of the water on the other side. And then I thought, wow, isn't God amazing? I climbed back out of the truck through the window again and up onto the back onto the tray and I said to the people, you have experienced God touching your life today. And they all shook their heads. They all were making their little common sound. They're all going because that's the way they often used to say that's amazing by making little clicks with their tongue. So I said, I want to thank God. So again, I closed my eyes and just said, thank you so much, God. You have saved our lives today. You have shown these people who didn't know about you, about how much you care for them and how important they are to you. You know, boys and girls, God knows us, whatever our situation is, whatever's going inside us, he knows all about it. And he wants to be part of your life and mine. 
And if ever you have a chance of going on some big adventure for God like I was on, then you can know that God is going to be there because when you step out in faith to do something for Him, then He will be there with you because He supports those who stand up for Him. Thank you, boys and girls. You've been good listeners again today. Listening to Mission Stories for Kids with Uncle Gordon, a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.